Blog Talk Radio. Okay.
Peru allows you to possess marijuana without repercussion as long as it's for private and immediate use. In February, the Peruvian Congressional Committee on National Defense signed signed off on legislation officially legalized the use of medical marijuana. Last week, the country's Congress passed a medical marijuana bill by a vote of 68-5 that would allow production, imports, and sales of cannabis-derived oil. President Pedro Pablo Kaczynski is expected to sign the bill into law. Spain respects the rights of private citizens to grow and consume cannabis. Thanks to this, you do philosophy. Spain has more than 800 dispensaries and private social clubs where enthusiasts lucky enough to get an investigative can consume cannabis while socializing with friends old and new. Just don't get caught selling it. Cannabis distribution is not tolerated. Catalonia legalized cannabis this year. In the Netherlands, marijuana is still illegal. But as long as you're not bothering anyone, officials generally turn a blind eye. In Amsterdam, however, social use is perfectly acceptable, thanks to a provision that allows for coffee shops where both residents and visitors can purchase cannabis products for on-site and even outdoor consumption. Recreational and medical cannabis use in Germany little to worry about when it comes to possession and consumption. Recreational users may face a fine if caught, but no criminal penalty. And their medical marijuana program requires insurers to cover the cost of products for patients with severe conditions. Jamaica has long been known as a place where you can find ganja. But it wasn't until 2015 that cannabis was actually decriminalized in the country. Individuals caught with two ounces or less face a $5 fine. This year, the country introduced its medical marijuana program. Visitors to Jamaica who have legitimate medical prescriptions from their place of residence can acquire a cheap permit to purchase and use medical marijuana while visiting the island. If you're in Portugal, small quantities of a drug for personal consumption are considered non-criminal and can safely carry and consume cannabis privately. You may still get fined or be given orders for rehabilitation if caught, but when it comes to practice, such cases are usually suspended. Do not grow it, however. Cultivation is illegal. Even cannabis seeds are prohibited. In Argentina, it's okay to consume cannabis, but it's illegal to transport or cultivate the herb when it comes to medical marijuana. However, cannabis is available to qualified patients for free. In India, you can drink bong, a cannabis drink, but no other cannabis use is tolerated. Visiting the Czech Republic, medical cannabis 
is illegal for locals, and in many urban areas, Mary Jane is considered a low priority to authorities as long as you're not consuming it in public. In Australia, it depends on where you are. Some Australian states have decriminalized marijuana, strict punishment for possession. Medical marijuana is allowed in very limited cases, and the criteria vary by region. Personal use is decriminalized in the Northern Territory, South Australia, and the Australian Capital Territory. Ecuador has decriminalized the personal use of up to 10 grams, while in Italy, medical and religious consumption is okay, but personal use, even small amounts, can net you a misdemeanor. In Mexico, up to 5 grams of cannabis is decriminalized. In 2016, Mexico Senate approved a bill that would allow medical marijuana use by adults, which is the lower house of Congress, passed in April of this year. President Enrique Peña Nieto signed the legislation decree in June. Estonia doesn't mess around. Possession of up to 7.5 grams for personal use is okay, but any more than that and you face up to five years in jail. Up to five grams of cannabis is decriminalized in Austria, while in Belgium you can possess up to grams without a criminal penalty. Other countries that have decriminalized small amounts of cannabis include Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Costa Rica, Croatia, Georgia, Greece, Italy, Luxembourg, Malta, Moldova, Paraguay, Russia, Slovenia, Ukraine, and the Virgin Islands. While the cultivation, sale, and use of cannabis is illegal in Switzerland, possession is decriminalized for small amounts. Products that contain less than 1% THC are allowed. In Cambodia, it's common practice for police to look the other way if locals are found in possession of cannabis, and Israeli citizens can possess small amounts of cannabis without a criminal penalty. Smoking in public, however, is not tolerated and carries a fine. No matter where you travel, be sure to familiarize yourself with the legality of cannabis and the full risks associated with its possession or consumption country. Thank you. You're listening to Smoke News Radio, Smoke World Report. Cannabis. Here's what a gram of cannabis costs in cities around the world. They have a chart, so it's not kind of like see it. This is January 30th, 2018. One gram of cannabis, 32.66 in Tokyo, and a dollar 34 in Quinto. The world's most expensive grams of cannabis can be yours for 33 bucks on the illicit market in Tokyo. Wanting something legal and cheaper? Head to Quito, Ecuador, where the same weight of plant matter 
can be had for $1.34, and you can possess up to 10 grams without running afoul of the law. Those are the highs and lows according to a 2018 cannabis price index released Wednesday morning by CETO, the German company that manufactures small-scale hydroponic grow devices. CETO's team of data experts selected 120 cities around the world in crunchies where the plant ranges from highly illegal to adult-use legal and surveyed street prices and store prices where legal and annual consumption totals. One lesson seems fairly obvious from the data. Regulated legalization generally drives prices down for the consumer, but not always and everywhere. The least expensive cities tend to be partially legal nations, Ecuador, Colombia, Paraguay, and Uruguay. And the most expensive cities are all illegal, except Oslo, although they, or rather Norway, just decriminalized last month. All right. Washington, D.C. voted for adult use legality years ago. But Congress let Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> Woohoo. Somewhere here or the other. Sorry. Washington DC, you voted for adult use legality years ago but Congress won't let you implement any regulatory process that would illegal, allow legal farming and sales. You can possess cannabis legally, but it's really hard to obtain it, and it's expensive, $18 a gram. The 20 bag. Meanwhile, the power of a legal regulated market has proven to be a boon to consumers in Denver and Seattle where a gram goes for less than $8, although we know for some stores that sell it for 6 New York City, you are the king. CETO's data team estimated the Big Apple's consumption rate at a 77.44 metric tons per year, nearly twice the intake of the second city, Karachi. Meanwhile, in Singapore, where cannabis is extremely illegal, the entire city consumes only about 44 pounds of the stuff per year. And frankly, we're a bit surprised to find only a 0.44 metric tons of consumption Razorback, a very hip and happening town. Then again, the city has only has 123,000 people. Still, New York's per capita consumption works out to about one-third of an ounce per person. The residents of Iceland's capital consume a little less than half that. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. We go find some cool stuff out there on the internet. 
They'll bring it to you. Here we go. The Zimbabwe government suspends cannabis farming licensing. From Harare, the government has suspended the licensing and growing of marijuana, popularly known as Mabange. Last month, President Emerson Mengawe's administration gazetted license fee for the interested in growing cannabis, Mbanje, for research and medical purposes. This was seen as part of strategies to shore up revenue flows to the depressed fiscus. The development, which had divided opinion in the hugely polarized Southern African nature, had made Zimbabwe the second country in Africa to legalize cultivation of the plant after the tiny kingdom of Lesotho announced the continent's first license to grow cannabis legally last year. Until now, it has been illegal to grow, possess, or use cannabis in Zimbabwe with offenders facing up to 12 years in jail. But in an interview with the Daily News on Sunday, last Thursday, Deputy Finance Minister Terence Makupe said the licensing of the dangerous high street value drug has been put on ice to enable government to plug loopholes that might arise in the future. Makupe revealed there has been an overwhelming response to the licenses with over 350 applications being made to the Medicines Control Authority of Zimbabwe, which is responsible for protecting public and animal health by ensuring accessible medicines and allied substances and medical devices are safe, effective, and of good quality through enforcement of adherence to standards by manufacturers and distributors. All the applications have been submitted to the NCAZ, which what has since happened is that has put everything on hold. He said, adding the response was quite overwhelming. The NCAZ has put on hold licensing until they are pretty clear in terms of all the modalities, like how do we actually implement, Mugupe said. He said government needed to conduct a proper feasibility study first. When I was talking to the Deputy Minister of Agriculture, he told me that they have over 350 applications. The expectations of most of the applicants was that they will be allowed to grow manjabe on their and then there's so much difference in terms of what people are asking for. We had a Dutch investor whose proposal was saying that all he needed was 60 hectares. And out of 60 hectares, he was talking of making as much as $100 million to $200 million annually. And then we have another investor who's saying he needs 100,000 hectares. And out of 100,000 hectares, he was talking of making about $100 million to $200 million as well. There's too much of a difference. What has to be done on our side of government is probably to have a proper feasibility study and I have experts telling us what's exactly the truth. When you go over the 350 applications, the difference in numbers and what they're talking about, it's crazy. However, the Deputy Finance Minister said there's definitely money to be made from Mbadje farming. If anything, it could end up being a billion-dollar crop for us within probably a four- or five-year period, easily. But the president is clear that if we're going to carry this out, 
It has to be in a highly controlled environment. He said, further stating, and probably we have to carry out the farming of marijuana on state-owned farms for easier regulation and also away from people. Places like Wabewi College, where there is no neighborhood and they have got the land, areas like Kushiga Pikele, where there is land and it's in the middle of nowhere, your prison farms like Mazawe Prison Farm, there's sort of areas that's where it will be ideal to grow something like that. The five-year renewable licenses will allow growers to possess, transport, and sell fresh and dried cannabis as well as cannabis oil. Applicants should include plans of the growing site, quantity to be produced and sold, and the production period. A license can be refused when the information has been received from a peace officer, a competent authority of the United, or the United Nations, an applicant who was involved in diversion of a controlled substance or a cursor to an illicit market or use. The minister may not oblige if the issue its renewal or amendment of the licensee is likely to create a risk of public health, safety, or security. According to the Government Gazette issued by the Health Child Care Minister, David Perenaniatawa, Majawe growers would be required to pay an annual return fee of $15,000, or an application to renew a producer's license would cost $20,000, and a license to conduct research on cannabis has been pegged at $5,000. An application for renewal of a license to conduct research on cannabis will cost $2,500. Application for variation or amendment of a license, $2,500. Application for import-export license, five grand, and your inspection license, $2,500. An application for the issuance of license in terms of Section 27 of the Act shall be made to the minister in duplicate and shall be accompanied by the appropriate fee and three copies of a plan of which the site proposed to be the license which shall comply with the requirements specified in these regulations, the Gazette said. In the case of an individual proof of citizen or proof of being ordinarily resident in Zimbabwe or proof of an exemption by the minister will be required. In the case of a company, proof of citizenship or proof of being an ordinarily resident in Zimbabwe of the majority of directors or proof of exemption by the minister and proof of incorporation in Zimbabwe of the company and the, of a declaration signed and dated by the proposed authorized person in charge stating that the authorized person in charge, proposed responsible person in charge, and if applicable, the proposed alternate responsible person charge are familiar with the provisions of the act will be required, it said. Zimbabwe has been debating legalization of medical cannabis production as the government seeks new revenue for streams for its agricultural economy. Last month, Obert Mupafu, the then investment promotion minister, said a Canadian firm had applied to the government for a permit to produce the drug in a planned special economic zones designed to lure foreign investors. Zimbabwe is already one of the Southern Africa's biggest tobacco producers. 
exporting much of its crop to China. Africa is second only to the Americas in terms of production and consumption of marijuana, according to the Nine Nations 2017 World Drug Report. Marijuana, marijuana's scientific name is cannabis sativa. Leaves, seeds, stems, and or roots are consumed by marijuana users and for the purpose of feeling intoxicated. THC, or heterotidrocannabinol, is one of the hundreds of compounds within marijuana that has major intoxicating effects. Marijuana that is consumed for medical purposes, like for patients with nausea or poor appetite associated with AIDS or cancer treatment, is legal in a few states of the United Possession of marijuana, regardless of its purpose, is illegal in most jurisdictions. Marijuana is the most commonly abused illegal substance worldwide. While the number of people who use marijuana at any one time does not seem to have recently increased, the number of people who have a marijuana-related disorder has risen significantly. There is more or less the true depending on age and ethnic group. Medical marijuana, also called Marinol, Drobinol, is a synthetic form of marijuana. There are many ways of referring to marijuana itself, as well as for how it is smoked. The history of marijuana goes back for thousands of years. It was only made illegal in many countries during the 20th century. Daily News. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. All right, here you go, kids. Estonian District adopts cannabis flag after online poll. This is from the Reuters staff. Kanepe, Estonia, wrote us. A local government in Estonia has narrowly approved using a flag with an image of a cannabis leaf as its symbol after an online poll overwhelmingly voted for it. The name of the region. Kanepi in southeastern Estonia is derived from kanep, the Estonian word for marijuana, and the hemp their ancestors grew and possessed in the cloth, oil, and ropes more than 150 years ago. The need for a new flag came about after several different local government areas merged into the larger kanepi. An open online poll in January collected more than 12,000 votes for the cannabis symbol. Despite the population of the rural district and the village of Canepe being less than 5,000, nine members of the council then voted for the flag with eight against. Canepe council member Arena Kak, who voted against the new symbol, told routers, after the vote on Tuesday, I must say that I am not for the fact that we will be marching under this kind of a flag. K 
council chairman, Kylo Cohen, who supported adopting the league, said the process was very democratic, despite questions raised over the numbers involved in the online poll and saw no reason to reject the symbol. Drugs are illegal to sell in Estonia. Possession and the use of small quantities of marijuana for personal use is a misdemeanor, punishable with a fine. Reporting by Janice Lysens and additional reporting, David Madarste. Okay. John and Allison. All right. Some, some stuff. Let's find stuff real quick on the internet. This looks cool. Let's go. Smoke News Radio. What did you find today, Jason? In Australia, is Australia ready to legalize marijuana? Not yet, it seems. Australia, for a brief moment on Monday, marijuana users rallied around a proposal from the Greens Party to legalize the drugs used for recreational purposes in Australia. But those hopes were quashed the next day as Greg Hunt, the Minister for Health, said the government would oppose the plan. Marijuana, he said, was a gateway to other drugs like methamphetamines. Our job is to protect the health of Australians, he said on Tuesday. This action by the Greens risks the health of Australians. Here's what you should know about the marijuana debate in Australia. How might marijuana legalization work? The Greens plan envisions a government-regulated system in which a newly created agency would act as a wholesaler, buying marijuana from farmers and selling it to licensed shops. The proposal would also allow adults to grow up to six plants for personal use, and it would ban purchases by those under 18 and prohibit advertisement of the product, as the alcohol and tobacco cannabis sales would be taxed. Revenue would go to the federal budget to fund education, treatment, and harm reduction programs. Quite simply, the war on drugs is really a war on people. Richard Denadale, the party's leader, told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, we need to get real about the cannabis use in Australia. Among other measures, the legalization proposal from the Greens Party would let adults grow up to six plants for personal use. Credit David Morris-Smith for the New York Times. What's the current situation in Australia? Possession of marijuana for recreational purposes is illegal in Australia. It's the most widely used illicit drug in the country. According to a report from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, one in 10 Australians have used cannabis in the last 12 months. In some states, like the Australian Capital Territory, Southern Australia, and the Northern Territory, possession of small amounts of marijuana has been effectively decriminalized, with the offenders facing civil penalties like fines and being ordered to undergo counseling. In other states, Like New South Wales, Victoria, and Queensland, police officers often issue warnings to those facing minor drug charges, with offenders diverted to education programs. Cultivating, selling, or transporting marijuana, however, can incur criminal charges anywhere in the country. If somebody is found with a small amount 
of cannabis for personal use, the primary response for me isn't a law enforcement response. It's a public response, says Professor Steve Alsop of the National Drug Research Institute at Curtin University. Putting people in the criminal justice system creates harm. In 2016, the Australian legalized marijuana for medical use. The patients say that they face steep challenges trying to obtain the drug, including limited supply, uninformed doctors, and high costs. Worldwide, where is marijuana legal? Currently, marijuana is only fully legal in a few places, Uruguay and parts of the United States. In Uruguay, which became the first country to legalize marijuana in 2013, it's even sold in pharmacies. But dozens of other countries have relaxed their marijuana laws over the years. Legalizing medical marijuana, decriminalized recreational use, or easing the enforcement of possession laws, Argentina, Cambodia, Canada, Spain and the Netherlands, Colombia, Peru, and North Korea are just some of the countries that don't criminalize marijuana use. One notable example is Portugal, where the use of all illicit drugs were criminalized in 2001, and drug users are mainly sent to treatment programs or fined. Since then, the country's prevalence of HIV infection and drug-related imprisonment and overdose have dropped. Jamaica, a country long associated with marijuana and Rastafarianism, has also relaxed its laws around around marijuana possession in 2015. So will Australia's marijuana laws change? For now, Australia's government says no, and being careful and conservative in legalizing marijuana might not be such a bad thing, Professor Alsop says. If you legalize a form of drug use, once you've done that, it's very hard to go backwards, he said. There should be carefully evaluated steps to change rather than a great leap into the unknown. It's unlikely the issue will go away, particularly since legalization has the support of a major political party like the Greens. Professor Alsop, who supports a model like that of Portugal's, says the push to see drugs as a public health issue seems to be gaining momentum over the long term. I think there's an appetite to do that, he says. Thank you. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. The four biggest barriers to marijuana legalization, according to Harvard. Operating since 1974, the Canadian coffee chain Second Cup has always kept an edge on Starbucks with a few specialties. They have a wider selection of croissants. They have a line of crisp Italian sodas with a variety of flavors and will even mix them if you ask nicely. And now with recreational cannabis sales expected to become federally legal throughout Canada this summer, coffee chain has announced another big item will be added to the menu. Cannabis. Cannabis is going to be an awfully big business in Canada, said Second Cup Chairman Michael Bowman. And we have some amazing locations. I wish I knew now in what form we would be pursuing and participating. 
We're just trying to position ourselves so that we can participate as the opportunities arise and the legalization is formed. The coffee chain hasn't announced how its lead offerings will manifest with legalization on the horizon, mostly airing its intentions in partnership with the National Access Cannabis Corp, or NAC for short, to introduce pot in the near future. Berman said the idea didn't develop internally, but came out of questions and suggestions from several cannabis makers that came to them. Second Cup has nearly 300 locations across Canada, while NAC has nine. Of course, only one of the two companies is licensed to sell weed at the moment. Second Cup, like any other business, will have to apply for proper licenses to distribute weed, so having NAC as a partner will likely hasten the process. Ownership of the Second Cup dispensaries will be split 50-50 between the companies. At the moment, a number of Canadian provinces, including Ontario, have limited cannabis distribution to the local government. The door is still open. However, in provinces like British Columbia, Manitoba, Alberta, and Saskatchewan for outside retailers. Since the announcement, Second Cup shares have jumped 30%. It's an interesting development in the world of Canadian weed sales. And I'd be much more excited if they announced the return of those chocolate chunk muffins. Uruguay sells recreational marijuana to more than 16,000 people five months after legalizing the drug. The government has upped THC levels of the drug from 2% from the independent U.S. Sales became legal on 19th of July. Getty. Five months after legalizing recreational marijuana, there are more than 16,000 Uruguayans registered to buy the drug from up from 5,000 users in July. People in Uruguay can also grow plants at home or become a member of a local cannabis club to withdraw up to 40 grams of marijuana per month. There are 70 membership clubs, according to data from the Institute for Regulation and Control of Cannabis website. With many countries around the world campaigning to legalize the sale and purchase of marijuana, the world's eyes are on countries like Uruguay see how the government coped with the new system and what obstacles they encountered. At the pharmacies, people are vetted via a fingerprint scan and handed a thermo-sealed pack as much as $70 cheaper than much less quality substance on the streets. Thanks to a separation of church and state in the Catholic country, Uruguay has been at the forefront of liberal policies compared to much of its larger South American neighbors. Israel is trying to take over the medical marijuana world by Julia Gloom, 11.9.17. Americans may soon be able to get medical marijuana from an unlikely drug dealer, Israel. Bloomberg reported Thursday that 2018 could be a big year for the country's quest 
to become a global pot provider. Israel's government is on track to pass regulations that would allow growers to export their products. And at least one company, Breath of Life Pharma, is aiming to submit an application to the U.S. FDA in hopes of getting legal approval to bring experimental to treatment statewide. It's all part of a mission to capture a piece of a market expected to exceed $30 billion over the next seven years and help patients worldwide get some much-needed relief from their chronic conditions. The seriousness from which the Israeli scientific community approaches this incomparable. Charles Polak, a medical cannabis expert at Thomas Jefferson University, told Rolling Stone recently, marijuana is illegal at the federal level in the United States, where the government considers it a Schedule I substance with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. The FDA notes on its website that it hasn't approved any botanical marijuana treatment, even as some 29th have voted to legalize medical marijuana. The plant is also outlawed in Israel, but the marijuana research industry there is thriving. Israel, along with Canada and the Netherlands, has a government-sponsored medical marijuana program. According to the U.S. News and World Report, as of April, there were more than 100 cannabis-related clinical trials taking place there. Scientists are looking into how marijuana could help people with conditions like autism, arthritis, epilepsy, Alzheimer's, cancer, and other conditions. The world's best cannabis scientists and researchers are all out of Israel. No other country comes close. American businessman Gary Engel told U.S. News. This summer, the Israeli government approved a plan to let its 30,000 patients access medical marijuana more easily. And in August, Israeli Minister of Agriculture Yuri Ariel said that he expects Israel's farmers will be allowed to grow cannabis and take it abroad within two years according to the Times of Israel. In the meantime, Israel has continued to make advances in the field. Assad Academic College of Jerusalem recently began offering a medical marijuana course that explores the history, laws, jobs, and pros and cons of the drug. And just last month, a company called Sky Medical unveiled a medical marijuana inhaler that allows patients to take specific doses. When you go to get a medicine, even antibiotics, you know exactly what you are getting. Biologist Hinyat Kolotai told Haret, we want medical marijuana to be the same. Thank you. You're listening to Smoke News Radio, Marijuana World Report. Smoke, 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 news radio, radio, radio. With the ball, with the fun, scrollio, scrollio. Australia's marijuana growers hit record high. Decision to legalize cannabis for export boost industry. By legalizing medical marijuana, Australia is hoping to tap into a market projected to be worth $1.5 
$63.5 billion by 2024. This is Jamie Smith in Sydney, January 4th, 2018. Canberra has announced it is to legalize exports of marijuana products and pushing the share prices of almost a dozen locally listed cannabis producers to record highs. Australia joins Canada, Israel, and the Netherlands and Uruguay in targeting fast-growing legal global marijuana market, which forecasters predict could be worth $63.5 billion by 2024. Shares in Can Group Oscan Group, Bod Australia, and other several cannabis producers have closed at record highs on the ASX following Thursday's announcement. Canberra said legalizing exports with secure supplies for Australian patients and providing opportunity for producers. We would like to be potentially the world's number one cannabis supplier, said Greg Hunt, Australia's Minister for Health. By helping the domestic manufacturers to expand, this is turn helps to ensure an ongoing supply of cannabis products here in Australia. Medical marijuana is mainly prescribed to relieve pain for a number of conditions, including multiple sclerosis and epilepsy. Australia is one of the world's biggest exporters of the raw ingredients for painkillers such as sopadine or cocodabal, which are derived from poppy grown on the southern island of Tasmania. But cultivation of cannabis is much smaller than in Canada, the Netherlands, and Uruguay, which has already legalized and exports of medical marijuana products. During the past three years, Australia has attracted interest from foreign companies and local entrepreneurs seeking to produce medical cannabis while raising funds on the local stock market, where the investors maintain an appetite for high-risk ventures. Can Group, an Australian company that was issued the first cultivation license by the government in March, raised a $12.5 million from its initial public offering on the ASX in May. It is raising an extra $78 million to build a manufacturing and target overseas exports. At the moment, there are only 300 patients registered for medical cannabis treatment, which is not enough to build an industry on, said Peter Kroc, chief executive of the Can Group. But we know demand for the medical cannabis is outstripping supply overseas, and this allows us to expand. Shares in Canna Group closed at 35% at $3.90, a record high. Elaine Darby, managing director of U.S. Can, OSCAN, an ASX-listed company with a license to manufacture medical cannabis medicines in Australia, said the government's decision was a win for the industry and the patients. Ching. It allows us to produce cost-effective products at scale, she said. Oscan shares close at 56% at a $1.26 record high from the Financial Times. Thank you. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. Marijuana, the Congo's new cash crop. By Jacob Kushner, The Daily Dose, November 2017. Before he started growing weed, Congolese planter Koti 
spent his days digging holes and tunnels, mining for morsels of gold. He would smoke weed or bangi, as he calls it, to overcome his fear of the darkness that he faced underground. As a teen, he saw a tunnel collapse, trapping five fellow miners. Only one was rescued. It's dangerous, says Koti, of illegal minerals trade that many Eastern Congolese families depend on. People were dying. The tragedy frightened him, but with no other source of income, he was back on the mine the next day. Then in 2007, a foreign mining company kicked Koti and other small-time miners off the land. With no other job, he bought cannabis seeds from a neighbor, planted them, and six months later harvested a crop of cannabis that measured in the kilos. I had no other job, said Koti, who asked that his real name be withheld out of fear of authority, so I decided to start growing marijuana. The Democratic Republic of Congo, America's second largest nation by area, is known for nefarious trade in copper, coltan, cobalt, tin, and other minerals. But now tens of thousands of Congolese like Colti are setting their sights on a different sort of illegal resource, cannabis. The United Nations estimates that African, Africa produces 10,500 metric tons of cannabis, a fourth of all of the marijuana in the world. Between 27 million and 53 million Africans use the drug making up about one-fourth of all weed users worldwide. Congo, some narcotics experts believe, may produce more cannabis than almost any other African nation except South Africa. Marijuana farming is illegal in Congo, where the rarity of, rec- is where the rarity of record-keeping, especially in remote regions like rural South Kivu province, makes it hard to chart the exact moment when the crop's popularity exploded. But research by University of California, Berkeley, visiting professor of geography, Anne Lanty, suggests percent of farmers in parts of eastern Congo's Kivu and 90% in some locations grow at least some cannabis. Everyone but the priest is how one Congolese village priest described the prevalence of marijuana farming in Lundati. It's like the gold rush in America in the 1800s, says Ladati, of the excitement of some who have set their hopes on growing cannabis. The appeal isn't surprising. A resilient plant, cannabis can yield multiple harvests a year, beginning six months after sowing, says Ladati, and it needs little labor beyond harvesting and drying. It offers men like Koti the chance to stay at home rather than set off to the mines keeping families together. And unlike minerals, which are hard to come by and in limited supply, cannabis is a renewable resource. Many people smoke it because it gives them work strength, says Koti, and many more people are using it than in the past. But while cannabis farming comes without physical fears that accompany mining, it carries its own share of risks. Wrapped in politics from across the Atlantic, Decades of United States and international pressure are a key reason why cannabis cultivation is illegal in Congo. In 1961, the U.S. voted in favor of the U.N. Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs, which added marijuana to the list of drugs banned internationally. 
the way to solve America's drug problem was by pinching off the global supply, or so thinking went. Farmers can't receive international aid to grow an illegal crop, but it also leaves them vulnerable to harassment from corrupt police officials, a threat Koti knows only too well, hide and seek. Each morning, Koti treks by foot from his home through less vegetation to the spots where he grows his cannabis, far from any roads or obvious footpaths. He does what he can to prune the plants and weed around them, but ultimately, their growth depends upon the rains. Twice a year, Koti harvests and sells his traders who come to his field to collect. If it rains little, he winds up with as few as five 100-kilo sacks of cannabis. When it rains well, he harvests as many as 20. Each sack goes for 150,000 to 200,000 Congolese francs, 96 to 128, earning him more than $1,000 a year. I use that money to pay for the school fees for my children, says Koti, adding that in his village in South Kivu province, many children study by means of hemp money. Since Koti began farming cannabis, his family no longer lives hand-to-mouth. They eat twice or three times a day, where they only ate once earlier. Whereas artisanal mining often requires a startup capital, payments to the men who control the mineral-rich land. With marijuana, cultivators just need seeds. Koti estimates 40 to 50% of the families in the village now grow cannabis instead of mining or farming other crops. Once harvested and packaged, the plant is distributed and used medicinally throughout Congo. It is smoked by fishermen and hunters to pass time, by artisanal miners to ease their aches and pain, and by Rastafarians in Congo's busting cattle, Kinshasa. Congolese men and women barter it for food, clothes, solar panels. Penalization of cannabis is in Congo is endorsed by the United States at a time when many states are decriminalizing the drug at home. In Afghanistan, the U.S. has funded alternative livelihood programs to shift Afghan farmers away from cannabis. In 2005, the U.S. vetoed an international attempt to reschedule cannabis as a less dangerous substance, a move that could have opened the doors to deregulation. In Africa, the U.S. spends $20 million annually to reduce drug trafficking, and marijuana remains top among its concerns. The State Department's 2015 International Narcotics Control Strategy Report referenced cannabis 121 times, reprimanding African countries where cultivation is common. An earlier version of that report singled out Congo in particular, scolding authorities for failing to crack down on the trade. The State Department even warned American travelers about Congo's cannabis in a 2015 safety report. The losers of America's drug war in Africa are everyday farmers. Speaking through a translator, Skype from an internet cafe 90 kilometers from his village, Cody recounts in his native language, Kifuliru, how he was 
five or six years old when he first saw someone carrying cannabis leaves. Curiosity peaked. I asked my parents, what was that leaf? Says Carrie, a fast talker with a smile. They told me not to have anything to do with it. It wasn't until decades later when he began growing it himself that he understood the trouble cannabis could bring. Because cannabis is illegal, a lot of money we get we use for bribes. Soldiers, police, he says. A few years ago, Cody says police tracked him to the field where he grew his hemp. They raided the small storage shed where he stored his stash. They marched him to a different police station and jailed him until he paid a 100,000 franc, $96 bribe to get out. Though they also kept half his harvest, confiscating seven sacks. Last year, he says a similar fate befell his neighbor, who lost an entire crop to Congolese soldiers. That could change, argue experts, if Western nations like the United States were to reclassify cannabis as a less troublesome narcotic, cultivation could be decriminalized. Marijuana farming in countries like Congo could then thrive like it has in the United States where cannabis is manufactured into products ranging from fabrics, purses, and bags to shampoos, oils, and lotions. Nearly 40 cannabis-growing African nations might similarly benefit. Legalization is already on the horizon in South Africa, where a recent court decision will allow recreational use in private residences beginning in 2019. In South Africa, definitely, it's becoming increasingly normalized, says Dave Martin, founder of Bungaloo Incubator, a rural development organization focused on farming. It's no longer taboo. In South Africa's eastern Suzaki region, Thousands of farmers grow cannabis in open fields. For consumers, a five-liter bucket of cannabis, roughly kilo, kilo, costs nearly $40. But even in South Africa, cannabis remains illegal on paper and is usually middlemen, traders, and sellers who profit. Meanwhile, farmers pay the price. There have been issues with guys. Going in helicopters a plane, trying to kill the crops, says Martin, one of the governmental herbicide firms. They wreak havoc on small-time cannabis. It's not the middle-class guys going to prison. It's the poor people, and they spend weeks or months in jail. Martin imagines a future in which Africa might someday supply even Europe and America with weed. Like the transport, cannabis could... Free trade will allow transport the lives of many African farmers, he argues. If you could just put it on a plane and send it, it would be a great source of income for farmers in Africa who could be growing the crop for 10 times the price they're getting now. If Congo were to legalize pot, Koti says, it would reduce the stigma that surrounds the drug, leaving more people to use it, increasing demand. Besides, if cannabis were illegal, Congo's government could tax it, helping to diversify Congo's national budget, which remains dangerously dependent on the price of minerals. But such a rosy future is not guaranteed. In Congo, legislatures have yet to make any serious attempt to legalize the crop, and Congolese authorities who profit from its illegality by confiscating harvest from growers like Koti have every incentive to maintain the status quo. And legalization, if not implemented strategically, could wind up reinforcing existing inequalities. When it becomes legal, the question is who's going to make the money? 
says Martin, do we just reinforce the existing patterns or do we use it as a tool to drive commerce to people who really need it? Governments ought to legalize weed in phases, says Martin. First granting licenses only to rural small-time growers like Coca and give them a leg up before larger companies like those that have begun conquering the U.S. weed market in recent years catch up. Otherwise, he warns the market could become dominated by companies whose owners have capital to invest in big-time production that poor rural farmers can't match. In the meantime, Cody says he has no choice but to assume the risks that come with farming weed. Even if you are being arrested from time to time, growing weed is good because it makes money, he says. And then like mining, he points out, Congo's green gold won't kill you. Unless I, you don't give it to the Congolese military. Right. News radio. All right. Back here on Smoke News Radio. There you go. Latin America update. Marijuana businesses developments in Brazil, Paraguay, and Peru. Published April 16, 2018 by Alfredo Pascal. Part of marijuana businesses, Daily's ramped up coverage of a global cannabis market includes a series examining recent marijuana legalization and business developments worldwide. Previous installments focused on Uruguay, Chile, and Argentina. Brazil is poised to become the Latin, the largest Latin America cannabis market in the long term. But regulators have been slow to expand the existing program over the last few years. Opportunities are also slow to develop in Paraguay and Peru, where medical cannabis laws were passed recently but still lack details about implementation. With the population of more than 200 million, Brazil has the potential to have one of the largest medical cannabis patient counts in the world. It also is one of the largest agricultural producers of the world and boasts a strong pharmaceutical industry, providing a solid foundation on which to build the industry. Imports of medical cannabis started in 2014 when a handful of families obtained special authorizations from ANVISA, Agencia Nacional de Vigilancia Sanitaria, National Sanitary Surveillance Agency, to treat their children with refractory epilepsy with CBD oils. The country has no pharmacy or dispensary network to serve its medical cannabis patients. Instead, patients are responsible for buying and importing their own prescribed products, usually via the Internet. Cannabis products are imported 
as non-registered medicines, and patients must obtain authorization from Anvisa to import cannabis products, which includes an acknowledgement of a lack of proof around safety and efficacies. Yet authorization, patients need a prescription from their physician and a written report justifying the need. Authorization is good for one year but can be renewed. Business and investment opportunities. The Brazilian market remains in its infancy, but the trend over the last few years has been positive. Brazilian authorities told Marijuana Business Daily that an internal working group has been created to discuss the issue of medical cannabis, Brazilian officials, and learn from international experiences. The result could be a new Anvisa resolution creating a completely new regulatory framework which may, be, which may open more opportunities. Under the existing framework, businesses are not allowed to import and distribute cannabis products, and visa authorizations are granted to specific patients to import for their own use only. Hospitals and patients associations can do paperwork in bulk on behalf of represented individual patients, but the quantities remain limited to what is allowed for each individual patient authorized Anvisa. Anvisa allows products that contain THC, but in practice all imports have been CBD oils with little or no THC content. The agency publishes a list of most frequently imported products but recently updated in December 2016, the approval time for patients with prescriptions for products on this list is shorter than for other products. And Visa hasn't authorized broad cultivation in Brazil yet. However, at least one patient's organization has obtained judicial approval to grow for its members, and a handful of families who have also obtained authorization to grow for themselves. In January 2017, Cetavex, under the name Mavita, was approved as the only registered cannabis medicine in Brazil. No units have been sold so far. Importing cannabis for scientific research has also been authorized a handful of times, even in flower form. For example, canopy exported for that purpose form Canada. According to information accessed by MJ Biz Daily, just over 4,000 import authorizations were granted between 2016 and early 2018. Because the authorizations are valid for one year and many patients renewed them, it's estimated that about 3,000 patients have obtained at least one authorization. Paraguay and Peru. The cases of Paraguay and Peru are very similar. Both countries recently passed medical cannabis laws, but neither has finalized regulation, much less implemented anything. The Paraguayan parliament passed law 6007 at the end of 2017, which came into effect in early 2018, 
A lot of them five pages long, and it's sexually overseen by Direction Nacional de Vigilancia Sancia, National Health Surveillance, for the end of July 18. Most of the details are still uncertain, but a few things are likely. The law will allow import and cultivation and manufacture in Paraguay, but national production will be done by the state. Registered patients will have to access cannabis free of cost, Scientific research will be a key focus. Home growing will not be allowed. In Peru, Parliament passed Law 3061 in October 17. As in Paraguay, it's a very short law that legalizes cannabis for medical and scientific purposes, leaving most of the details to be regulated later. The following things are almost certain. The state will grant licenses for import and distribution of production and research. Home growing will not be allowed. A disappointment for the mothers and children who medical cannabis who are the main force of civil society pushing for legalization. Oof. Man. We're getting there, huh? Our, our, our camera things to do. Well, I like cameras, too. So cameras are very fun. Uh, hey, hey, camera, we click over here. We click over there. You know, we'll, we'll do this, we'll do that, you know, you're going to do what they want to do, right, they could try to do it. Like Windows is like, we will choose how you operate. Yeah, go Windows. Medical marijuana compound is harmless and should be available, World Health Organization states, in Reuters by Lucy Nicholson. Compound derived from marijuana has health benefits and should not be subject to government restrictions, the World Health Organization said. Recent evidence from animal and human studies that its use could have some therapeutic value for seizures due to epilepsy and related conditions that it is not likely to be abused or create dependence as for other cannabinoids it added. The decision was not an endorsement for medical marijuana. Instead, the Global Bodies Expert Committee on Drug Dependence specifically examined the potential risks and benefits cannabinol, CBD, a compound that is found in cannabis and hemp plants. Is a district from tetrahydrocannabinol, THC. Unlike THC, CBD does not have intoxicating effects. In other words, it does not produce a high. Medical marijuana advocates point to the difference in arguing CBD should be available to patients who suffer from various ailments, that include pain, anxiety, and seizures. But the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration treats CBD extract as a Schedule I drug. Like other marijuana products, meaning the American government deems it to have highest potential for abuse and no medical benefit. That position has drawn resistance from marijuana advocates at a time when CBD oils and other products are on shelves in dozens of states. In a letter stating its opposition, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws wrote that CBD lacks the consciousness-altering properties and abuse potential 
of THC and argued there was evidence for numerous medically beneficial properties for people diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, bipolar disorder, and other conditions. All right. This is Smoke News Radio. The high holiday for smoking pot. Four twenty festivities planned worldwide on April 2018. Last year, more than 40,000 people attended Vancouver's 420 event. A cloud of smoke is wafting across cities worldwide today with the celebration of 420, the unofficial holiday of marijuana, culminating in a synchronized smoke at 420 p.m. Held on April 20th annually, the digits 420 have begun synonymous with cannabis culture as the date is written in the North American calendar as 420. In Canada, it's the end of an era in some ways. This will be the last celebration for marijuana is set to become legal. Last year, an estimated 40,000 people attended Vancouver's 420 celebration, with even more expected this year. Why did 420 become synonymous with marijuana? Reportedly, the term originated in Northern California and the San Rafael High would meet at 420 to smoke marijuana. We thought it was a joke then, said David Redis, a filmmaker and retired Indian cameraman told his social media press. We still do. These days, it's gone mainstream. With 420 being weed's equivalent of happy hour, Vancouver's famous for its blazing annual events. Vancouver is famous for its annual 420 event, which started in Vancouver in 95, led by Mark Emery, the self-titled Prince of Pop, as a protest calling for the legalization of cannabis. But this year, the celebration of cannabis culture might feel slightly different. It will most likely be the last one before recreational marijuana use becomes legal. However, advocates say they are still other things left to fight for. Dana Larson, Vancouver's 420 organizer, said the annual smoke-ups will continue and cannabis users are still face discrimination. I wouldn't say we're above the law, Larson told Cannabis Blow and Mail's newspaper. I'd say we're under the law and in that cannabis users are unjustly punished by the law, imprisoned and treated poorly and lose our jobs and our children and that negative things happen because we choose to use cannabis often instead of using alcohol. News. The UK, the world's largest producer of legal cannabis. UN body fine from the independent online. Britain is the world's largest producer of legal cannabis. A new report from the United Nations revealed 95 tons of marijuana was produced in the UK in 2016 from medicinal and scientific use, accounting for 44.9% of the world total. Its International Narcotics Board found the UK is also the world's largest exporter of the drug, with 2.1 tons exporting in 2016, roughly 70% of the world's total. The report stated recreational use of cannabis is illegal in the UK 
but in recent years, there's been a growing interest in its using for medical purposes. A number of advocacy groups have called on the government to allow it to be used for treatment. Drug policy reform transformed criticized the government for being a mass producer while consistently refusing to allow medical cannabis in the UK on the basis that it has no value. Steve Rolls in its senior policy analyst said, it is scandalous and unintended for the UK government to maintain that cannabis has no medical uses. At the same time as licensing the world's biggest government approved medical cannabis production and export market, the UK patients are either denied access and suffering unnecessarily or are forced to buy cannabis from the criminal market. Countries with proper access to medical cannabis do not have this problem, as standardized cannabis products are in the hands of doctors and pharmacists. It comes after a report found that illegal UK cannabis market is dominated by high-potency skunk and weaker varieties of the drug have been pushed out. The study conducted by King's College London researchers found high-potency Varieties constituted 94% of police seizures in 2016. It was the first comprehensive, wide-ranging survey of cannabis strength published in Britain for almost 10 years. Right, this is the part I love. You know, sometimes you get a little lost on the page. Like I read that one. We read the Brazil Intel Global Bodies CBD extracts smoking pot. Okay, we got distill. UK claims to be the bomb. The global cannabis. Okay, thank you. Smoke News Radio. The global cannabis market. How Europe is chipping in. The market mogul on November 9, 2017. Poland has just legalized medical cannabis. Germany is considering selling pharmacies and dispensaries. Several African nations are all mulling it over. Even the United Kingdom seems to be considering the prospect. But the Prime Minister's government is opposed. So one should not be surprised if it comes to not. U.S. market is speed bump. The U.S. remains the fastest-growing market for legal marijuana. Cannabis has become a true industry in several states since Colorado approved recreational use. The U.S. population now approves of legalization, and more than half the states have passed laws allowing it to be used medicinally. Surprisingly, it seems on the persistence of reversing direction. Cannabis is still illegal under federal law. And U.S. Attorney Jeff Sessions, the highest law enforcement official in the nation, has repeatedly indicated that he would like to enforce the law. Sessions still considers marijuana an unsafe, addictive, and medically useless substance. He has called for the repeal of a budget amendment that prevents the federal government from overriding state laws medical and or recreational use. Okay, December 19th. All right. 
In the United Kingdom, former cabinet minister and marijuana decriminalization proponent, Sir Edward Davy estimated that between 2013 and 16 alone, met police 3.1 million to keep 6,900 people in holding cells for 12 hours because of cannabis-related offenses. The global marijuana market is currently worth $7.7 billion and could exceed $31 billion by 2021, according to cannabis market research of the Brightfield Group. Meanwhile, nations are legalizing medical marijuana and decriminalizing possession for use, including several European countries. If European nations legalize cannabis, the European report estimates the value of Europe's market alone could be 56.2 billion or 65 billion. That's a big if since no European country has fully legalized a marijuana. In Germany, where medical marijuana for the seriously ill was only approved last year, the market has a value of 10.2 billion, according to ECR. Negotiations to form a coalition government may further legalize cannabis. If Germany, Germany did legalize recreational marijuana as well, the market value could rise to $14.7 billion. $17.14 billion is the value of the global marijuana market. Oh, $7.7 billion is a, 7.7, 17000000000 billion. Oh, my gosh. On November 1st, legislation took effect allowing Polish pharmacies to sell medical marijuana to qualifying patients who suffer from chronic pain, chemotherapy side effects such as nausea, complications from multiple sclerosis, and epilepsy that do not respond to other drugs. According to a Polish pharmaceutical chamber estimate, up to 300,000 patients could qualify for medical marijuana. There is no provision allowing for the growing of marijuana in Poland, however, Pharmacists will have to import cannabis from the Netherlands and make it into medicine, increasing the cost and reducing the availability. One gram of marijuana may cost more than 13 or 10. Marijuana is officially illegal in Spain, but the country is getting a reputation as a new Amsterdam because of the many so-called cannabis clubs where people can consume cannabis in private. They've expanded... Here we go. UK, there seems to be a growing interest in allowing medical marijuana for at least some conditions. Last month, labor lawmaker Paul Flynn introduced a bill to legalize medical marijuana and attend a tea party outside Parliament. Since the ruling, consumer party is not in favor of legalization, is not expected to pass in its current form. Still, Canatech, a global legal marijuana industry conference, took place in East London despite the lack of government approval because London is still the financial hub of Europe. The biggest medical cannabis company in the world is British and British universities conduct a lot of cannabis research. If marijuana laws aren't usually enforced, why legalize it? It is not more exhilarating to be breaking a law, to experience an illicit thrill that really 
no one. Because nothing is 100% harmless, although marijuana has never caused a proven overdose death, caused harm in other ways, particularly to adolescent brains. In the U.S., its designation as Schedule One has severely limited research into its effects, with the same people supporting it remains on that list, saying there is no proof that it does good. In Britain, the first official cannabis research facility only opened this summer. In the absence of proper scientific vetting, people must result to anecdotal evidence or personal experience, but not everyone's personal experience is the same or will necessarily have the same result. Then, too, if marijuana is not legal, it cannot be regulated, and one does not know what one is getting without any certainty. According to reports, much of the cannabis sold in the black market is very potent, high in the THC that gets users high and responsible for other negative effects. CBD cannabinol is non-euphoric, is a moderating component of marijuana, counteracting many of THC's negative effects and allegedly providing benefits of its own. CBD does not get one high, but may help with the chronic pain. Some researchers believe marijuana that is high in CBD but contains some THC provides the best results. That is the anecdotal evidence. In the midst of an opioid prescription painkiller epidemic, devoting scarce resources to prosecuting, some might say, persecuting marijuana users seems absurd, particularly since cannabis may help prevent, replace, and wean addicts from opioids. Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous can assist with addiction treatment, even at a non-12-step rehab, but they aren't a treatment in themselves. Marijuana may be, legalization may be inevitable, even if marijuana is harmful, it may be too late to put the genie back in the bottle. Although marijuana use in teens has declined in recent years on both sides of the Atlantic, too, many people believe it has medical benefits or just like it and have not seen the negative effects on their life, health, career, or relationships that opponents have depicted as almost inevitable. Whatever harm marijuana may cause, like alcohol and tobacco, they must now be mitigated with rigorous scientific research, information, regulation, honest public service announcements, and treatment. All that takes money, with tax, which taxation of marijuana could help provide. Prohibition, or just say no, does not work when nobody believes or agrees with you. News Radio. Here we go. Germany court stops tendering process for medical marijuana. The News DW. Dusseldorf's higher regional court on Wednesday ruled to stop the controversial tendering process for firms wishing to grow and supply cannabis for medical purposes within Germany. The lucrative contract was for the production and delivery of up to 6.6 metric tons of cannabis per year with the cultivation plan to take place within Germany. 
However, the tendering process was deemed to have taken place over too short a period of time. In April, Germany's Federal Agency for Medicine and Medicine Products released an 18-page tender document for which 118 companies applied. It envisaged the growing of up to 6.6 kilograms by year 2022. The first harvest had been planned for 2019, reacting with disappointment. The boom-based BFARM said it would not now be possible. In a statement, the agency, which would pass cannabis onto pharmacies, said it would make the necessary decisions to be able to start a new tendering process as soon as possible. Some of the 10 firms made the shortlist, and the decision had been imminent. However, the bidding process was fraught with complications and a number of complaints were made. The Dusseldorf court was charged with ruling on four grievances from different companies. At least one claimed that the time had been insufficient to adjust its tender after a change was made to the rules during the process. In an opening to the trial last week, presiding judge Heinz Peter Dietz had already criticized the tendering process, saying the deadline for tenders had been too tight. This deadline should have been extended, said Deeks. Speaking on behalf of the farm at the time, Lawyer Hikda said that ending the process would be very bad for the care of patients. Cannabis on prescription had been possible in Germany since March last year, with the number of people receiving the treatment rising dramatically in the meantime. However, patients have struggled to get hold of the drug, which is imported at high prices from already established markets in Canada and the Netherlands. Smoke News Radio. German imports of Canadian medical cannabis likely to continue. The Marijuana Time. Those who have feared legalization in Canada could stop the flow of medical cannabis imported to Germany, sigh of relief. Germany's Federal Institute for Drugs and Medical Devices confirmed it will continue to license the import of medical cannabis from Canada. A spokesman for the Federal Ministry of Health told Marijuana.com Friday, 2018, May 4th, the federal government will not interfere with Canada's medical cannabis program, which remains in compliance with the UN Single Convention. Regardless of whether Canada will legalize cannabis on July 1st or a little later, legalization will put the country in violation of the UN Single Treaty on Narcotic Drugs. The agreement prohibits signatories from growing, trading, or consuming cannabis for recreational purposes. For example, officials from the United Nations International Narcotics Control Council criticized Uruguay in November 2013 for legalizing recreational cannabis, stating that the 1961 agreement had been violated. For this reason, Uruguay is not eligible as a supplier for the medical cannabis market in Germany. The INCB has not done the same for Canada. As to whether 
Uruguay's fate will befall Canada when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau realizes his plan to legalize cannabis in the country. Officials pointed to Canada's medical marijuana practices as the safeguard to continue imports. To the knowledge of the federal government, the existing Canadian legal framework for cultivation and distribution of cannabis for medical purposes, under which exports to Germany take place, should be able to remain under the planned new Canadian legislation. A spokesman for the Federal Ministry of Health announced Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018, when asked whether Trudeau's government plan will compromise the country's export options, as far as can be seen, the United Nations International Narcotic Drug Control Board, which is responsible for monitoring compliance with the United Nations Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs, has so far violated the conventions of the regulated and controlled cultivation of medical cannabis in Canada and the placing of the market of medical cannabis. Previously, the BFARM, which reports to the Federal Ministry of Health, addressed the same question. Medical cannabis may only be marketed in Germany in the case of the cannabis derived from a crop grown for medical purposes under the state control in accordance with Article 23, 28 of the 1961 Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs. We assume Canada will continue to meet these requirements in the future if the harvest cannabis is destined for export to Germany. All right. All right, okay. So I'm figuring out how many articles to write. You know, to write... Yeah, to read dyslexic brain. Uh, I read all that. Oh my gosh! And then add some more, and then keep reading them, and keep reading them, and keep reading them, and keep reading them. So I hope you all enjoy uh, out here. It's a little short show tonight. We're closing on up, and I really appreciate your time listening. To Smoke News Radio, episode number five. You know, figuring out how to get this tech stuff to work right. You know, it kind of does its thing when it wants to do its thing. You know, bam. There we go. Whoa. All right. You guys have a really great time out there in the internet land. And we will catch up with you soon. Okay. Uh, I was working a full time still in there. And-